today on Ovias and Gilio, the ACC-SEC Challenge in basketball just doesn't hit the same like the old ACC Big Ten Challenge. The Carolina Panthers are giving away the social media game, which is why HBO's Hard Knocks is on live support. OG. 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 Golly. It's time that we do something new. Joe Ovius and Joe Gillian. By doing something new, I mean doing something old, but we're bringing it back, so it's basically new. Here we go. Let's podcast. Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh, Empire Properties, alongside Joe Gillio. I'm Joe Ovius. Now, we've we've mentioned where we broadcast from, where our, our studio space is right now, and, and it's coming together. We got things going on here. Uh, we share floor space with a barbershop shout out to leanne liberation station which is a wonderful bookstore but apparently there's also some sort of like photo video studio in here and they do for like, a very popular cable channel yes yeah and they're they're working today and they were kind of worried they're like oh man we make a lot of noise like dude don't worry about it it, it all just it all just kind of it's plays. all part of the adventure it's all part of the adventure <laughs> in our ramshackle jillio is always like we need polish polish, we need polish. i'm like well <laughs> We might not have some polish today, Joe. So if you hear some background noise, and as much as we try to put soundproof in this room, you might hear some folks uh, setting up for a video and a photo shoot. Setting up for the ACC-SEC Challenge, Joe. No well, more ACC Big Ten Challenge in basketball. I am still trying to wrap my brains around that, Joe. You you were you were kind of uh, whinging yesterday I about was. these matchups. And I'm like, what? It took me a minute. Because at first I was like, I had a little tingly sensation. I was like, wait a second. Are they finally doing my football idea from, no. from 1998? They're no. going to they're gonna have an ACC-SEC football challenge? No, this is for basketball. Because and remember, then I forgot that the Big Ten is now exclusively a, a, exclusively a Fox, NBC, mm-hmm. CBS production. Exclusive. <laughs> As in, they're exclusively out of the ESPN business. No longer in the Disney family. So, so there can't be an ACC Big Ten challenge. So what do you do? Well, time to bring... The SEC challenge. I would have liked an ACC Big uh, Big East challenge. Unfortunately, television rights get in the way of that too. So who are your partners? Ah, let's put the ACC and the SEC together. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is perfect. Duke, Kentucky, right? Right. Or something like that. At least Carolina, Kentucky. I mean, that's that's been done before. But I forgot that uh, John Calipari, you know, his feelings have to be taken into account. And and. He already gets clowned by Duke enough in those early season matchups. Remember the Zion Champions Classic, the Champions Classic, those types of things. So it would be terrible if he had to go to Cameron Indoor Stadium. You know, the things that actually would get people to watch college basketball in the regular season, two iconic programs playing each other who have a long history in their own buildings. Fairly certain Duke lost the last time they were at Rupp Arena. It was the 0-2 game where Jason Williams lost me a jazillion dollars. Of course you remember Against that. Indiana. Of course you remember <laughs> I'm fairly that. certain that's the last time they were there. So I'm looking at this matchup. I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, give me some, like, blue bloods. And instead, we're getting Duke at Arkansas? Is it the 90s? Yeah, 94 rematch. Is that what? Like, 94 the- final. Bill Clinton's going to be there. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, North Carolina, Tennessee is a pretty good matchup. That's a, that's a bona fide top 25 matchup. Absolutely. But also feels like something that we see regularly. Rick yeah. Barnes against Carolina. Yes. Yeah, there is something like that. But you know what I'm most excited about with the ACC SEC challenge? And you had to remind me of this. Yes. NC State goes <laughs> to Ole Miss. Who is Ole Miss's coach, Joe? I completely blacked out. <laughs> that Texas former disgraced Texas coach, Chris Beard, is now the head coach. In Oxford, Mississippi, which means 
We're here to talk about Ole Miss basketball, Joe. Let's go. We're putting that request in. <laughs> It'll probably be swatted right back at us, but we are putting that request in. For those who are wondering, why is this a thing? Well, when we went to the Final Four for the Duke Carolina Mageddon in New Orleans, Chris Beard, the Texas head coach, got prickly with me because I, I might have fumbled a question about rivalries, the Texas no, Tech. Do not, Texas do Tech. not take no, 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 any give, of this on you. This myself, was not a you problem. I will give myself you a framed a, a question about rivalries, and you were like, yeah, man, you, you went you, through you this would, with Texas, Texas Tech. Right. And he was like, I thought we were just here to talk about Texas basketball. And he was, he was ready. He's ready to go he outside. Was. And thankfully this is the rare opportunity yeah. where you came in to be the good cop, Joe. The only time ever in our relationship where I had to be the good cop. Yeah. Yeah. And you, pulled, you were the bad cop. You pulled a Roy Williams story yeah, like, out of your back well, pocket. Well, how, what does it mean to you that a coach like Roy Williams, <laughs> when he was looking for ways to reinvent the program, went and visited you down in Austin. That's your or no, point. It was Lubbock. It was, it was at Texas Tech at the time. So to your point, you know, you're we're wired to look at these things a certain way. And and we can we two things can be true at the same time. That the ACC Big Ten Challenge had kind of run its course. Sure. And there was the designated survivor. Yeah. You know, the last don't place, have one of those this year because it's four team versus fourteen. Yeah, the last place team in the ACC and the last place team were actually no, the Big all Ten, the Big Ten all, all the Big Ten teams play. But the last team, last place team in the ACC would not play because of um because of the the mismatch in numbers, regardless. So we can, we can admit that the ACC big 10 challenge kind of ran its course after a while. And the sec challenge has some intrigue because sec basketball has improved over the last decade because of so much money in the, coaching, the last five years and the coaching, the coaching influx because of that money has improved the product. So yeah. there's some intriguing matchups here, but I don't see anything that's made for television or is it? that we're so down on the ACC as of late that I'm looking at the ACC squads going, well, wait a minute. Who's good? Yeah, I, I would say this. That now, I think next year, Virginia, Duke, and Miami will be good basketball teams. Mm. I think Carolina is obviously going to be a good basketball team. There's a little bit of an unknown with Carolina. I have zero problems with the Tennessee matchup. Again, there's history there with Rick Barnes. I look at these matchups, though, and I think to myself, okay, well, Virginia is going to be good. Well, who are they playing? Right. And this is where our brain needs to be reprogrammed. Because Texas A&M is good, and it's Buzz Williams. And obviously, Buzz was at Virginia Tech, so there is some history there. You said Arkansas. I I happen to think Musselman is actually the best coach. He's a great coach. In the NIL era. Sure. He has been the one who has figured out. This is going back. Remember, he was at Nevada. He was the one who got the Martin Twins to, to Nevada. Mm -hmm. So he has been a master in the transfer game. So And he's also a, a really great X and O coach. Don't forget, they played in that 21 tournament they as did. well on Duke's way to the final four. Mm -hmm. So there is a rematch there as well. I, I just think it, it's hard for us to wrap our brains around the sec having a, this good batch of coaches. It's hard for us to wrap our brains around the sec actually caring about basketball because that's what this has always been about. Mm -hmm. Like when you talk to people about what the sec's attitude used to be, it was, well, our football programs are going to be, are going to try to be at the time, try to be the best in the country. And we don't care about anything else. Yeah. Anything else. Yeah. Like this idea that the SEC runs college baseball is also a new phenomenon. <laughs> and we can also draw a straight line between the money that's spent on those programs and the and to the success that they're having on the field, especially now in the portal. And and we got to get over this Arkansas thing about like, oh, well, they're just buying a team as opposed I mean, to what Miami did. Right. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with what they did. No, Th those are the not. rules now. That's the only mistake. I think I would have loved to have seen Miami versus Arkansas. 
that's the only thing I would have said because that would have also given us Duke Kentucky. That would have been good. That would have been good. Meanwhile, the women's side gets it. Okay. Yeah. You look at the women's draw, and there are some wonderful matchups, including North All Carolina. The Carolina, yes. right? North Carolina versus South Carolina. That's a great matchup. Uh, you've got uh, NC State and Vanderbilt. You got Duke and Georgia. So there are some good. There are some good matchups here. Uh, in the women's draw, and that's going to be compelling. And that, and I guess that's the, they did give us one miss, though. And that would be what? Well, Tennessee is as oh. as the late great Colton Turner used to call her. The princess is the coach. Yes, at Tennessee. The yes. former Kelly Harper, the former uh-huh. NC State coach, is now the coach of Tennessee. So it could we could have had that could have been a good one. Could have had West versus the princess yeah. NC State in the balls. I will say this though about the women's game because there's been a lot of talk about ratings as of late. The College World Series ratings yeah. were great. Women's college basketball ratings have been phenomenal. The women's tournament was great. I think the reason why we're seeing this is we're getting matchups that we actually yes. want to see and familiar players and familiar players. Yep. That's that's the thing that you've always harped on, and I completely agree with you on that. But the women's side understanding that in order to draw eyeballs, we have to have these teams play each other. And they've always done that. Tennessee and Utah, yes. when they were all running hot, they would always play each other and they would always have a showcase game. And I don't know, this is another case where sportsmen tend to be a little bit more emotionally hot. And then when you put established coaches and established programs in a position where you have to literally challenge yourself, like, yeah. hey, you have to go to Cameron or you have to go to Rupp. Or you have to miss opportunity. Yeah. These are opportunities. College basketball is in a place that we're always hand wringing about. Who who wants to watch college basketball? What's the incentive to well, watch look college at the dates basketball? Too. Look at the dates. What about them? Oh, the middle Co- football season, right? Like middle, that's, and college football season. But that's the so, big miss here for me. Yeah, because we've talked about this how everything in non conference shapes your NCAA tournament resume. Mm-hmm. What the SEC did last year by playing the it was the SEC. Big 12 challenge. Yeah. They played it in February. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen this in end of January, first week of February. Again, you're between, you're in that sweet spot now where people are paying attention to your sport. So this is the rare miss here by my friend, uh, Paul Brazo. Not that he had the final say on no, he this. Didn't have the final this say is there. probably ESPN plug and play. Hey, we lost the big 10 challenge. This is where we're putting it on the calendar. Yeah. But again, the opportunity here was to put these games at the end of January, early February. Jim Phillips sitting out here and saying, Hey man, we got, and I said this to him. Remember when we sat down in Greensboro, I said this to him, this is when you need to play that challenge. You need to move it on your calendar Mm -hmm. because it's going to help you. It's going to help your teams. We saw this last year when Oklahoma uh, blew the doors off of somebody. I think it was Tennessee. It was one of the number one teams in the country. They absolutely murdered. It was Alabama. Yeah. Sorry. Wrong word with Alabama. They, they blew out Alabama and it, and it helped all of the other big 12 teams because they were all kicking Oklahoma (laughs) to the curb. Right. Right. And now all of a sudden you beat Oklahoma and it's a Q1 game all because of Oklahoma beating Alabama in that um, off game matchup in the middle of January and February. So I was inspired yesterday with our, our conversation about dorm rooms. Yes. And I thought, all right, let's, let's find another way to give up, give out some stuff. Mm -hmm. So I would like for people to, with the subject line dorm, email the OG goes digital at gmail.com. Again, that's the OG goes digital at gmail.com. Subject line dorm. And I want you to give us your most ridiculous dorm story. I don't care if it's a dorm setup. I don't care if it's some weird thing that happened. Any number of things, by all means, send it to that email and the one that amuses us on July 3rd because it's. Our broadcast schedule next week is going to be a bit, little bit wonky. I know July 3rd is a day off for a lot of people. It's a big four-day weekend. We're still going to do a show. 
might be a little bit different. We're not going to broadcast Wednesday because I'm pretty sure you and I are going to be hungover from gonna... July 4th. No, 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 I don't drink on July 4th. I'll be traveling on July 4th, but I'll be at the beach. I'll be at the Oak Island uh, branch oh, okay. on Monday. So okay. we'll do that from the pool. We'll do that from the pool. And then we'll be back on Thursday and Friday to do the three shows. So I think that could be amusing. It's interesting. Oh, uh, we're going to do a Friday show? We can. Love it. Our advertisers do need three mentions a week, Joe. I love it. So we will do a Friday show. Uh, so yeah, it was funny. I was I was looking at... Look uh, at us with our flexibility. It's great, right? Look at us. I was looking at the YouTube comments and people kind of glommed onto the dorm thing, like, you know, from mm. uh, this one user. This is the cake. Like, I had a corner room in Syme for a bit in the 90s. Great times. No AC. Uh, from Iron Man, my sweet mates at State Bergab built walls with Gumby's pizza boxes. <laughs> that's great. Oh, man. Shout out to LK. Carol Hall, that's where I live. The best. The 3 a.m. fire alarms were not. So these are things that I thought could be amusing and we could have a little fun with that. So again, just email dorm, especially moving James into a dorm in about a month, maybe are, three weeks. Are you going to be launching no. a shuttle when you do that? Yes. <laughs> no, I am not building it. My wife wants to bring rugs. Did you have a rug in your dorm room? Remember, I didn't live in a dorm. Oh, I, I, had, no, a, I, I had an apartment. Remember. I had an apartment off of Avis Ferry. I do not remember anyone having a rug in the dorm room. I don't remember anyone bringing a rug. I in. don't know. There were rugs. There are rugs. And they had to be throw rugs because if you puked on it, right. you just take it out. Right. You know, I don't, I seriously, I do not remember anyone. Like I remember some pretty elaborate setups. I do not remember anybody. Now I came from New Jersey. Yeah. So there was like 0.0 chance. I was moving a chair. I was moving anything. Cause remember okay. your dorm room has a desk. It has a chair mm-hmm. and it has a bed. Mm-hmm. So what else is there? What am I missing? A rug, apparently. That, t- that, ties it, that ties it all together. I don't know. Give it. Send us. Send it in the email because or, it t- it'll put it on Twitter. It'll because t- it'll tie it all together, Joe. It'll I do not remember people having rugs in college. And you know what? Maybe you buy a house and you need well, a no, rug. That would be smart. That you you <laughs> and you you have everybody. Maybe maybe buy a house and rent it out. You'd be smart. Go to myhtr.com. Yes. Hometown Realty. Buy a house. Rent it out. Little little investment. Ooh. Little passive income, right? Yes. That's how you work. Anyway. If you're looking to home, looking to buy a home, sell a home, check out myhtr.com. Yeah, Barry Woodard's teams. They have more than 250 agents in six locations. They're in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Selma, and Atlantic Beach. I was actually playing uh, the home course yesterday, at Eagle Ridge, and I think it's the seventh tee box. I saw their ad on the on the uh, tee oh, board. Yeah. yeah. Then I was like, look at this. Look how smart my guy Barry Woodard is. <laughs> yeah, myhtr.com. I'm gonna take a picture when, next round. Uh, again, residential, commercial, rental, you name it, myhdr.com. Go check them out. And if you have any legal issues, uh, legal matters, I don't know, you may want to start a business or something like that. Uh, you want to knock out arrangements with your suite mates uh, in, in terms of a contract, Whitaker <laughs> and Hamer. Like, you can't do this, and I can't do that, and this belongs to you. Whitaker and Hamer might be able to knock something out for you. Attorneys and counselors at law, check them out at wh.lawyer. Yeah, Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, they got more than 20 years of experience. They can help you close on a house, start a business, sell a business, anything that's family law related. They have offices in Raleigh, Clayton, Fuquay, Moorhead City, and then, of course, all of the G's, Goldsboro, Gastonia, and the G. Garner. Again, they have the world's greatest URL, wh.lawyer. You can also call them, 919-772-7000. And, you know, if you are a bit, I mentioned a business, and, you know, you're, you're trying to get things off the ground, you have all your legal paperwork, but you're wondering, well, where am I going to start this stuff up? Well, that is where... Networking comes into play and network for entrepreneurs in Wilmington is somebody, Jim Roberts is somebody you need to contact. They got an event coming up on July 13th. Uh, You can go to meetup.com to find out more. 
It's on the importance of media relations and marketing to grow startups. They've got examples of angel investors reaching out to startups and reading articles and, and things like that. And it's newilm.com to find out more about Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington. Yeah, that's Thursday, July 13th down on 2nd Street in Wilmington. Jim does such a great job uh, with his entrepreneur startup group in Wilmington. Again, newilm.com. You can find Jim R. Roberts on Facebook or LinkedIn. Move on. In NFL circles, the you know we've hit the dead of summer with NFL conversations when we're having heated debates. Never. We saw Brooke Pryor, our friend, ESPN, and you made the mistake of saying it's the offseason. There is no offseason right. in the NFL, Joe Ovias. You're right. There is none. No, you're right. You're right. And having no offseason means we have to come up with content every day, man. Every day. You got sneeze? You good? You good? Remember. Remember, I, I can mute your microphone, you know. Okay. No, I'm just going to say I can mute your microphone. Uh, and we're good on that. <laughs> the you mean moving this mic to do... I'm still picking it up on yours. It, it still gets picked up on mine. So it's that means we have good mics. We do have good mics. Um, I researched these mics, and this is also the beauty of live to tape. So we'll just keep all that stuff in there. Perfect. Um, so right now, this week, because there's an impending announcement as to who is going to be the subject of HBO's hard knocks. They, they really haven't settled this. They yet? haven't settled it yet. And there was one report, I think it was Mike Florio at profootballtalk.com saying that the Jets are the ones who are preparing for the hard knocks treatment. Okay. I did see that there are certain rules, first year coach, first quarter, but first year quarterback or something yeah, else. Like yeah. there's so that you don't have to, but the league basically said we will choose one for you if if nobody yeah. volunteers or nobody accepts, we're just gonna go ahead and 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 put it on somebody. And I, I find it I find it strange that there's this pushback for hard knocks when every team has their own version of hard knocks. Yeah. Now, if you want to say that hard knocks is tired, that they do the same tropes every single season. Cool. I'm totally here for that. But this idea, here's guy number 54 trying to make the 53 man roster. Yeah. The idea he works at a laundromat. <laughs> His mom has cancer. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, his wife left him. This is his last chance. He gambled in college. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to make his way back in. So, as Jillio so wonderfully set up, <laughs> we all know the tropes. Right. Okay. We all know the tropes. And there's this pushback that I've heard in listening to NFL people that, oh, well, you know, you have cameras everywhere. It's intrusive. It's intrusive. Can't get your real work done and, in the off season. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so explain why your own teams are putting your own business on front street every day. I know that this point is not a new point, but we have ways to make the point with examples. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure that Pat McAfee, when Hard Knocks came up a couple of weeks ago, when there was speculation as to who it was going to be, made a very valid point that I agree with and I've made before that social media has killed hard knocks. Yes. And shows... Yeah, it used to be the only peak behind the curtain. Exactly. Yeah. And people are acting as though what's happening on Netflix with the F1 Drive to Survive yeah. or the golf, the golf full swing full swing as a, well, the NFL has to keep doing that. And I'm thinking to myself, are y'all not paying attention to your own sport? 
They do this every day on 32 social media accounts. So it's not that HBO killed Hard Knocks or that the audience has moved on. They're looking when for will they be things. HBO again? I know we've talked about this before. What do you mean? HBO is never coming back. In your life, have you ever heard of being, someone being so dumb that they would change the name of a brand that is so identifiable oh, to something that makes absolutely Joe, no sense? So there's there's countless examples of this, this Galaxy this Brain. Way? Galaxy Brain. This idiotic? Management. Yes. There's countless examples of this. Countless, really? Yes. Off the top of your head, you can think of one? Well, not right now, because I wasn't thinking about it. This would be like it. McDonald's changing the name and being like, well, McDowell's. we're not going to be McDonald's anymore. They're McDowell's We're now. just going to be They're merging. Dunkin' Donuts tried this crap. They did. It's still Dunkin'. It's just Dunkin' now. It is. It's just Dunkin'. Look at the new stories. What was are... the other one who tried it? Was it KFC? The KFC is just KFC. They somebody, else, no, but somebody there, was like a, there was a big outburst over this, and I forgot which one it was. Well, there was a bit where it was International House of Pancakes oh, and they turned it themselves into International House of Burgers. You're right. It was a bit. Right, right. was a bit. Or okay. like with the planters thing where like they killed Mr. Peanut. Yes. You know, and then they had a baby nut, if you will. This would be like McDonald's being like, we're just going to be the arches now. So why? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. So we're the place that sells French fries. Uh, ultimately, <laughs> well, they, they kind of are. <laughs> ultimately. The reason why Hard Knocks is just not material anymore is because the teams killed it. Like the Panthers, like the Panthers are a perfect example of this, right? Like you actually put me onto this. Mm-hmm. I don't watch these things because I find them to be really empty. They're like empty calories to me. They're only showing you what they want to show you. They're not really giving you any sort of real insight. Okay. The only time I ever was like surprised that they showed something behind the scenes was the Wolfpack One yeah. show. Where Shout I- out to Taylor. It was a it was a loss, and Dorn was like straight up beat up about it. And they showed like a low point, mm-hmm. and I was surprised by that. But most of the time, when I see these things, they're only really giving you really sanitized versions of what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, it's it's as simple as that to me. And that's I think they have killed hard knocks. No, but I think they've evolved. Okay, it, particularly with the NC State, because remember when they beat Clemson mm-hmm. at home? Yeah. He said, we're the best fucking team in the ACC. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That's pretty good. He would never say that in a press conference. No, he never would. And they didn't, I mean, obviously they beeped it, but it was, it was real, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I think this Panthers thing that I watched, even episode one, it was, it was, it was on the vanilla side. Sure. But I did enjoy the, the Dom Capers reunion with Frank Reich. And mm-hmm. I'm perfect to be perfectly honest with you. Like when they were like, oh, Dom Capers, I, I thought it was like ceremonial. Like, I didn't realize, like, he's actually no, he's, in there. Yeah. Like, he's going to help he's Frank Reich, which I've always said. That, I said this to, and Tom O'Brien actually did this, but, like, a lot of people when they're coaches, mm-hmm. they act like, oh, man, all I care about is the players. All I care about is being in the locker room. All I care about is football, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you care about football that much, right, and you just got fired by somebody, the go go coach the high school team. Go work with the high school team. Yeah. Go Go help somebody that you know. And maybe that person can turn into something. Sure. And Tom O'Brien did that in Charleston. And Tom Capers, obviously, this is the NFL. He's not going to help a high school team. But he's going to help somebody who played for him. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Frank Reich's in the 60s now. This is not like some he's 30-year-old coach right. trying to find his way. But I do think... And this one hit me because I like this one. I like this a lot. Okay. That, that there's this symbi- symbiosis there where, you know... I, and I forgot that Reich started the first game. And it turns out that the schedule turns out it was the same trip. Funny, we're going right? to make the same trip to Atlanta. It's going to be the first game. Funny how the computer spit that out. It's 
I know. I it, know, it, it's, but, it's I, just but, funny. but again, but these here's, are things maybe that you wouldn't get in a press conference. That's, that's the viewpoint that I take it from, from these teams. They do show more, I think, than they would have five or 10 years ago. For instance, here's Frank Reich. Uh, you know, the, this is the pro, this is a teaser that they had put out for their, mm-hmm. their blueprint, the blueprint show. They're calling it the blueprint. And this is Frank Reich talking about what they're looking for in a quarterback with the number one pick. When I was coaching uh, Peyton Manning and watching him, watching how he operated as a kind of personal coaching exercise, I was just like, well, what makes this guy special? Um, and so I came up with this five traits are great. This is what I got from watching Peyton Manning. Um, and, and this is how I think about quarterback play. Number one was the quarterback should be the toughest guy on the team. I mean, mentally and physically, a mindset, a relentless mindset of nothing's going to stop me. It's a toughness. It's a confidence that is palpable. And the whole team feels right. Young, what a talent. So that's that's, you know, what they're going into and hyping up Bryce Young. And that part, that's part of the charm offensive that we talked about. Sure. earlier in the week and then they also See, but i like you, that i like like I, I had to do it in my brain oh yeah he coached him in denver mm-hmm. but i like moments like that i like when people call back and say yeah i worked with so-and-so i work with peyton manning i know what greatness looks like makes sense but not but every- that might but that might not be something that you would say in a press conference that's all i'm getting at okay here. You know okay I mean? now there are you've some- been to press conferences lately like there's a lot of bad questions uh, in press conferences yeah yeah the the quality of the quality of question over time has diminished uh i think there's well you might be misremembering that but <laughs> no i, I think I, that's all no i do i do i do think that the quality of question has diminished over time okay uh and i, I have changed i have sure. theories for that yeah and oftentimes it has to do with the fact that if i'm going to ask a good question i'm not going to do it in that same right, because right. somebody else is going to take it right and it gets to a larger point that i've made about where all these things are going and we're about to experience this at acc kickoff you know, at ACC kickoff, we could have a little radio row bubble. And if I wanted to do a fun bit, well, it was my bit. I brought Tech Mobile and I wanted coaches to talk about whether or not this game in 1991 made by Japanese designers who didn't know anything about NFL football actually got it right. And having David Cutcliffe go, oh, yeah, that's a play that my old offensive coordinator came up with when he was with the Dolphins. Those are cool moments yeah. that were ours. OK, right. but the school social medias now go around. And they basically cherry pick all the best stuff. Or like here's right. X and X's day at kickoff and they're taking your stuff and the fans are already inclined to watch their stuff more than so than they're going to watch your stuff because, well, you know, like it's funny, the newspaper business, the radio business, TV business wonders, well, Gen Z doesn't care about us anymore and millennials don't consume us like they used to. No, you know who's actually taking all your lunch? The teams, right? The teams are taking your lunch. The Canes are doing a wonderful job on social media. And I cannot, you cannot, the Charlotte Observer can't, the News and Observer can't, the Charlotte, the TV stations can't give you this behind the scenes stuff with Chandler Zavala, NC State guy. This is good. This is good. Texting Fitterer during the draft. I'm sitting there and I get a text from a number. I look down and it's Chandler. Zavala just sent me a text. No, he didn't. What did he say? Doesn't happen often. I think it's happened maybe once before. And he said something, hey, just want you to know, I, I really want to be a Panther. Don't forget about me. Yeah, I want to come there. Hey, Dan, how many people you think, this is a serious question, how many people you think saw the ball? Look at this. Um, he just sent my text. He, said, he would love to wear these colors and play next to Dickie. And, so I, and I didn't want to reach out to him. 
because then if teams call them or his agent finds out, then they'll start running it. Hey, listen, the Panthers are on them. They really like them. Listen, how many people saw this kid? Because he wasn't at the combine. How many like visits? Did how many on? visits did he go on? We had him here for, it wasn't a 30 visit, but it was like a visit. Would he know this? He could visit here. I'm trying to figure out which I respond to him. So I don't want him telling other teams we're on him. Say what? I'm just saying, appreciate the text. I don't want the kid talking to other teams. So it continues on. Now that's the like GM that. of the team. Yeah, that's Scott Fitterer. with the owner. Yes, of the, like, that's David what I'm saying. Temple. Like this is good stuff. Yeah, it's not controversial, but it's informative. Mm-hmm. And it's and again, I'll get back to it. It's not something that you would sit there at a press conference and be like, "Hey," uh, <laughs> and yet we might even laugh at somebody who was like, "Hey," did, if you didn't know, you'd be like, "Hey," uh, did anybody text you during the draft? Did anybody shoot their shot? Yeah, yeah like, like that sort of thing. Like, right. That's not something you would know. It's probably not even something you would think to ask listen to what he said he said this has only happened once maybe right. ever right because right. No, you text somebody doesn't mean they're going to draft you either by the way i, I want to be clear i'm not disagreeing with the idea that it's not interesting okay like it yeah. is and but well, i, 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 think, I, I want to i think those things have evolved sure. from the teams but i want to stress to you though and i want to and i i believe this it is sanitized stuff that well, they only want to state run media and they and they sell it because by the way if, if you're watching on youtube yep. you can see that they tag coca-cola bottlers and things like that again this is about revenue growth and why to put a bow on this conversation why if you're the panthers would you agree to go on hbo's hard knocks and help when you don't get there's no ads and there's no ads. To sell them <laughs> they're making the subscription money yep. off of hbo and getting people to watch hard knocks why would i do that when i can do it myself sell it and control the yep. imagery better than hbo or the nfl would ever allow me to do and the fans are more inclined to gravitate towards your stuff because they want to feel a part of it and that's and that's one thing i will always uh, tip my cap to the team's figured out they are the best equipped to take fans along the journey with how they do things and people will yeah. gravitate towards that. So it's, and I'm not, I'm, again, I want to be really clear about this. I'm not knocking the Panthers. It's smart of the Panthers. I think it's great. It's more jobs too. No, people media, who ask me what you should do if you're 22 years old, yeah. what, what part of the business should you get into? Ding, 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 ding. This is it. Next topic, please. Get into the business of meat, Joe. Shout out to the Butcher's Market. Uh, they got locations across the triangle, five locations across the triangle. Uh, I got the home base there on Millbrook and Falls of the Noose. The signature steak, t- t- steak tips everybody knows about. But understand, you want to drop by for lunch, get some sandwiches, you can do that. Fantastic steak and cheese. Uh, and I know you laugh at me about the sides, but it's a one-stop shop for I, everything. They even have they even have like the right uh, the right charcoal. You need the pellets. You need yep. like the hickory stuff. They got all that, that stuff at Butcher's yesterday. Market. Yeah, I went yesterday. I got some really got a st- I I cannot. I'm so bad when I go to a place that I get the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, and I and I actually saw like the different Italian meats that they have because they have a legit Italian sub. I couldn't do it. How to get the steak? How to get the steak and cheese? Okay, so good. Because it's their signature steak tips. That's what they put in that sandwich. Uh, don't forget, though, you can still sign up for the Steak of the Month membership. You get a fresh, never-frozen hand-cut steak each month from July through December. First one for that July 4th cookout, 24-ounce T-bone. They're in Raleigh, Cary, Holly Springs. Check them out at thebutchersmarkets.com. Shout-out to Breeze Through as well. They got something cool coming up on the 4th. Uh, Adam uh, texted us with this way to save money on gas. There's the breeze through tumbler, which we're working on right now. 
So uh, if you stop by a breeze through on the fourth with 76 gasoline, you save 17 cents off at the pump when buying gas with the 76 fuel forward app. Simply download the app, create your account, take advantage of these savings, these revolutionary savings, if you will, ah, from 76. 76, 17 cents. Get whoa, it? Whoa, whoa. Get it? I see. I see Somebody it. was a history maker. I see it. It's on 4th of July only, though. So just <laughs> download the app now. Dumping tea, getting gas, same thing. So it's the whole thing. Revolt against high, high gas prices. 17 cents off from we the 76. <laughs> Now, I mentioned the Carolina. No, that would be one of the course of human events. I, I mentioned the Carolina Hurricanes and how they do a great job with social media. And I saw that last night with the draft. So the NHL draft was last night. The NHL draft is, I put it on the level of Major League Baseball draft yeah. in that, man, you tell me. Buddy, you don't know. You tell me, man. <laughs> I got no freaking clue. There was, I made this joke on Twitter last night. There's some guy named, like, it was, what was it? Like, uh, Easton Creighton or something like that. It sounded like, uh, a, a showcase hoops event for Webb Wellman out, out of the eastern part of the state. Like, I don't know who these guys are. So the Canes draft with the 30th pick, uh, left wing from the British Columbia hockey, like a like an underappreciated hockey league, scored a bunch of goals. Uh, he's 5'10". He's a little bit undersized from my understanding. And the guy's name is Bradley Nadeau. Cool. Okay. Sure. <laughs> now I know who this Connor Bedard guy is, right. who the Blackhawks took with the overall number one pick in the draft. Apparently he's legit. Got it. But after that, man, I got no clue. So of course, when I log in to Twitter and I'm seeing some of the Canes Twitter reaction, I'm getting the, the Canes reached. <laughs> Where are the moves? How they got, again, I, I'm not trying to... The Canes who have no open roster spots like for the next four years. Right, yeah, like, they reached. He, he, <laughs> most of these guys are a project. And, right. I, and I, I believe this to the core with all of my sports takes. It is a blind guess sometimes with some of these projects where it's going to take a few years in the system to see if he ever actually pans well, out. Well, shout out to our friend Luke Tukak because yeah. the truth of the matter is, as he's advocated for a long time, the hockey draft is actually the only thing the NCAA ever gets right. Yeah. So the player that the Canes took is, I think he's going to Maine. Yeah, it looks like he's going to go to Maine. He's committed and to And guess Maine. what? He gets to go to Maine. The Canes retain his rights, I think, for three years. Yeah. Maybe even for the entirety of his career. Yeah. That's what? What a concept. Like, Turquavion Smith didn't get drafted. He could go back to <laughs> NC State. What? Or somebody could draft him and say, hey, cool. We th we like you, but we'd like for you to play at NC State this year. Yeah. This is the same NCAA. It's the same governing body. Mm -hmm. Huh? What? No consistency. The NHL draft. The NCAA would change their name to Max. They probably should change their name at this point. <laughs> yeah, this they might. They're threatening people like, hey, you need to leave. If you can't follow the rules, well, show me the back door, baby. Let me know. You let me know. Y'all, who are you going to replace us with? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Texas and Texas A&M will be like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> who, 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 who are you going to? That NCAA tournament that you have those rights to? Yeah, people are are going to watch because it's yeah, uh, because of that Cal Baptist. Sure. Well, I want to put a pin in that because there was something that Coach K said to the Charlotte Observer in their Scott Fowler Legends of the Carolina series this week that I found interesting because uh, Coach K still has that streak of sarcasm in him mm -hmm. that hasn't left even though it's been about a year since he's you know announced his retirement. Regardless, 
when it comes to the Canes, it's not to me, it's not who they drafted last night. I think Luke actually wrote about this in the news and observer. It's about what you do at the draft with what's up with Brett Pesci. I mean, there was a lot of speculation or, or Taylor Terramani or Terramani yeah. for that matter, but Pesci was actually the main source of speculation last night. And people were wondering if he was actually going to be a part of a deal to bring in. I think what Eric Carlson was the, the big hot name that was attached to the Carolina hurricanes. That's where the Canes are right now. Cause you just made the point roster spots, man. This, <laughs> this is, if the guy works out in a couple of years, cool, you bring him up. And you know, with the way hockey is and the way that things have gone for the Carolina hurricanes, who's to say that this Nadeau guy doesn't show up in a couple of years as like a playoff story, like McKeckern, you sure. know? Um, but right now the Canes are so up against it and they feel like they're in this particular window that it really is about bringing somebody else in. And what are you willing to give up to get better at scoring? And Don Waddell said it last night to Emily Kaplan. Don Waddell said it to us scoring, man, you can't have enough scoring. And if the Canes history is any indication, you're going to lose a couple of the guys that you're probably, you know, expecting to score. So these are things that, these are things that I find to be, if, if you are, if you're super in it, totally get it, totally get it. But who they drafted last night, even Adam was kind of joking about like, I don't know anything about this dude. I, I think people forget because we had this fetch draft mm-hmm. and it was like, oh yeah, guess what? When yeah. you pick in the top five, it does matter. That it person's going to be there right quick. Yeah. But this was the problem in the 10 year drought was if we just win our last eight games, and the three teams we're chase- chasing all lose all of their games. Mm-hmm. We'll get the number eight spot. And it's like, you know, and, and what ended up happening was they would pick 12th. They'd pick 13th. They'd pick 14th. And you can't build that way. And that's the way that the NHL draft is. Think about it this way. The Kane's success is directly tied to Eric Stahl being the number two pick in the draft and Andre Sveshnikov being the number two pick in the draft. Yeah. Those two things happened. And those are the two things that have set this franchise in motion. Everything else is a, is truly a wait and see game. No, I, I, I agree with you with that. I agree with you with that. Now back to uh, coach K and you know, the, the whole idea of, you know, the NCAA changing their name and, and everything else. So he did a Q and a with the legends of Carolina series that Scott Fowler has been, uh, that has been doing. And they focused on Mike Krzyzewski. And to me, I thought the most interesting quote that came out of that was coach K once again, this bothered me during his announcement of retirement or the, the, the retirement discourse that here's another legendary coach that's getting out because of NIL oh, oh, oh. and it's not what it used to be. And I'm thinking to myself, do you guys not pay attention to any of coach K's quotes? He's been preaching that college basketball needs to be run like a business. So he reiterated that point And he said, uh, he said this overall, what's most important is the game. You want to perpet- you want to perpetuate the game What's happening in the sport right now and in college basketball especially is that there's no real leadership from the so-called parent organization, the NCAA. College basketball needs to be run like a business. It's a billion-dollar business. It's the only thing that runs the NCAA. Football does not run the NCAA. Football runs conferences, and they make millions of dollars. The NCAA does not get one penny from football. And there are many sources of revenue in men's college basketball. My feeling is you should combine men's and women's college basketball make them an autonomous group, have leadership structure, marketing, and run it like a business. But what do I know? Classic Coach K there at the end. And I don't disagree with anything he said. Not one bit. The problem is that's their primary source of income. Yeah. So they're already making money off of that hand over fist. Mm -hmm. So what do they think? Well, it's going to last forever. Well, no, it's not. (laughs) What's up next? What's up next? 
Speaking of football, we're going to be at ACC kickoff in July, and we are going to go to Oak City Sports Cards and remember some dudes with some coaches. Uh, maybe you want to remember some dudes. Maybe you already have some dudes, but you got to get them graded before you know what they're really worth, and that's what Weston over at Oak City can do. Yeah, I, I've never been more prouder in my life than when one of our listeners, Jeffrey, he DM'd me. He's like, hey, I went to Oak City. I got some of my autograph cards graded. I was like, yes, perfect. Smart move to get the best value for your cards. You have to get them graded. Weston is the man of trust. He can help you. I got a fair deal from Weston. Treat you honestly fair. You'll get the right price from him. Go check them out. Oakcitycards.com. Yeah, check out Oak City. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting out there. Should I buy... If I bought Garbage Pail Kids from Weston... Now, wait a second. Those have... The the original run has value. Oh, so we don't want to so use we don't, We want to spend like $10 oh, okay, I got on like a throwaway wax box like I of 87 it, tops. That's want, what we wanted. I wanted to bring Garbage Pail Kids and take it to uh, the players to see if they have any recollection. Like, do you even know what this is? The and youths? The youths today. Would they, they even know? No. They probably don't. They Growing probably up, don't. what would they have done? What would they have cared? You, I think you said Pokemon might be more. Pokemon cards might be the move. Might be. Then, but then again, there's value. But the new <laughs> cards don't have value. Like, okay. If I go and get a classic fat Pikachu, that's worth something. Right. But I don't know. We'll, we'll talk to Weston about it before we head to Charlotte. And shout out to the Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. We are in peak swampy weather right now in North Carolina, in the Triangle. But you still want to enjoy being out, outside. You don't want mosquitoes to ruin that. Mosquito Authority can come out. Give the treatment. They come out to my place once a month. When the summer's over, they stop. You can restart next year if you want. No contracts, so go as you want. But they also have pest authority, and you got to take care of that year-round. Dude, the mice in my <laughs> attic. Do you have an attic? Yes. I go up in the attic, and I'm seeing these. I have some I have some bags. And, you know, I got some of the boxes, those plastic boxes that you keep, like, your baby stuff. James mm-hmm. is 18. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking through the bags, and I'm like, um... There's like bite marks in these bags. That's a problem, oh. right? So called Hayes, called Mosquito Authority, 919-807-1951. They go upstairs. They looked forever. Mm-hmm. They put traps up. They're like, let's just do this. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I'll give Hayes' other company a plug. Count Junkula. Yeah, the Junkula company. You know? yeah. He's like, all right, you take this stuff. He's like, now you got mice. <laughs> Trust me, buddy. You don't want any of this stuff anymore. Bring it outside. We'll take that stuff away, but we'll come up with the traps. We'll clean out the attic. Mm-hmm. Again, bugsbite.com. It's Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. We're moving on. Julian Council, Locked on Panthers podcast, joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. Julian, what's going on, man? Not much. I just love the transition and I love everything you guys got going on here. The crumpled yellow pages, OG <laughs> logo. I'm like looking to see what's on your bulletin board back there, Joe. You got all three well, triangle schools. Yeah. yeah you're so, not- so right now, like Julio was the first to decorate. I mean, when this is all said, we got a mini fridge over here, a Keurig machine. I mean, when it's all said and done, we need a loft and it's a dorm, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what we're going to end up having. Uh, but yeah, I put the cork board up because I couldn't decide what I really wanted to hang. So yeah, I got some pennants. I got some old EA Sports Network stuff. I got a, it, you probably can't see it in the shot, but it's an old Konami Sports with uh, Blades of Steel, Double Dribble, and Track and Field too. So I got all okay. sorts of stuff. I got a Tecmo Bowl one that I got to find too that I can put up on the, uh, on the board. But hey man, we're just trying to get like you, Julian. Yeah, look at that background. We're just trying to get like yeah. you, dude. We're, I'm, I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to tap into your Panthers SEO. That's what it's all about, man, on Locked On Panthers. But it's it's interesting. We were, J- Joe and I were actually talking about this. 
um, earlier as it relates to how the Panthers have their own version of hard knocks. Every team has their own version of hard knocks that they put out on social media. They put it out on YouTube. And we talked about this with our friend Jonathan Jones earlier in the week in that I feel like the Panthers truly understood how low things got at the end of the Matt rule era, that they truly are putting on their best effort to bring people back. And I think it's working. I think there's actually optimism around this team for the first time in a long time, even more so than when Matt rule got hired in the first place. Oh, it's summertime in the NFL. All 32 teams are out here slinging hope, and the Carolina Panthers yeah, are one of them. Yeah, I will say, though, they have done this the last couple of seasons where they have put out these behind-the-scenes kind of deals, like Camp Confidential during training camp to just bring you inside, which, honestly, I feel like you get more out of that than you would get even if, tr- if Hard Knocks had shown up to Spartanburg any of these years. Yeah. And then this offseason is no different. I think the first offseason, Matt Rule came. Really, they were drumming up the drama of, will Cam Newton stay? Will he go? Sponsored by Honeywell, of course. That's right, <laughs> Year. I remember that. They were like, Did you see his Instagram video? Yeah, let's call him. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? I remember that. Yeah, which wasn't great when you look at it no, after what it happened, it that they're not. sponsoring the drama of getting rid of the most beloved quarterback in franchise history. I don't know. Maybe there's some people who love Jake DeLone more, but we understand what Cam Newton was able to do here in Carolina. But there, yeah, there's hope. And it happens when you have a coach who was by far the worst coach in franchise history. That had no business being here in Carolina. And you knew after year one when Teddy Bridgewater, who doesn't talk trash about anyone, yeah. went on that podcast with Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden, and told him, we didn't even practice red zone, man. And then when you look back at the stats and you see that they were 28 out of 32 teams in the league, yep, kind of checks out that they didn't that they never practiced the red zone drills. And then when they decide, hey, we want Sam Darnold, then it's like, okay, this this thing is just not going to work out no matter yeah, no. what they try to do, what defensive players they sign, and no. how good that defense may look. There really was no hope. And now you have an NFL coach who has actually won in the league despite all of the nonsense he dealt with in Indianapolis, and you have a quarterback. It's no longer doing the whole, hey, Matt Stafford, please come here. Deshaun Watson, please come here. Okay, I guess we'll just settle for Sam Darnold and Baker. And, oh, maybe Matt Corral, we can sell that. Now, there's actual hope here in Carolina, but there's also hope in the other, what, 29 cities in the NFL? Mm-hmm. At the risk of correcting you in real time, Julian. Oh, no. You said after the first season, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. The fake punt against Tampa. I think it was the second game. I was like, hey, <laughs> do you know who you're not playing? Tarleton State. You ain't at Baylor anymore. Yeah. This isn't an off week. This is the NFL. You can't effing coach. Get out of here. So no patience from you, Julio. So, so but I'm a I'm a I'm a three second guy. If I can figure it out in three seconds, I don't think we're gonna get that with this coaching staff. I mean, and that's the whole point of this coaching staff. It's we were well, no, they've already done the smart thing and said, hey, here's our starter. Yeah. They named yeah. the starter. Even though it's obvious, but they still did it. So, well, well, they're still trying to tell everybody that, okay, well, it's just another step along the process. Sure. Like, bro, that's fine. And you I, didn't, I you didn't put that. Bryce out there to like tell him come August that, hey, actually, you're not going to start. Me. <laughs> I'm, I, I just still, I still want the Panthers Twitter account to troll everybody and do a Chicago Bears QB1 for Andy Dalton, but oh. that would set the internet on fire. All right. So we can roll our eyes. I'm with you on that, Julian. We can roll our eyes on how they've gone through this process. I love Julian's skepticism. 
Look at that, he man. Has, he has years and years and years. I know. Like, he's so close. He's, sort of he's closer so close. to it. He's, he's so close like, to it, man. He's like, you two are excited at the smallest, the, the lowest of hanging fruit. Yeah. And Come on, guys. Like, Julia's like, man, I'm tired. I'm tired. I've been through the wars, man. I sat oh, there and watched man. one in 15 as a kid, like with season tickets going to every single one of those games. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been through the ringer. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. But okay, we can roll our eyes to how they've gone through this process. But when you're bringing in a rookie QB that has some serious questions in terms of his stature, I like how they're doing it. I like how they're just kind of slowly setting it up and he's going to start week one. So I guess the real question is, is the offensive line good enough and have the pieces that they've added in the absence of DJ Moore to get Bryce young in the first place, are they going to be good enough to help Bryce young overcome any of these potential issues that he might have? Yes, and I'm not quite sure. So okay. yes to the offensive line, where I honestly feel like in one offseason, that went from arguably the biggest weakness on this team outside, of course, the quarterback, uh, to now maybe the greatest strength that the Carolina Panthers have. Ike Iquanu, mm-hmm. who, of course, y'all are familiar with, haven't been at NC State, Charlotte Kid was fantastic last year as a rookie. And he was the first left tackle the Panthers have had who started every single game since Matt Khalil back in 2017. And coincidentally, back in 2017 is when the Panthers last went to the playoffs. So being able to have your primary left tackle healthy helps. Because the last couple of years, they've dealt with injuries from guys like Daryl Williams to Cam Irving to Russell Okung, who wasn't even that bad of a player. But when you're out there trying to figure out week in and week out who's actually going to be playing for you, and there's a little carousel and turnstile there at the position, Mm -hmm. it doesn't help. I thought Brady Christensen was fine at left guard. Bradley Bozeman. What I felt like was the key signing for or key re-signing for them it was good at center once he stepped in for Pat Elfline. Austin Corbett, though, really good, but he's going to be out start off the season after tearing his ACL week 18 in New Orleans. Cade May should be filling in there at right guard. Overall, I feel like he'll be fine there. And then Taylor Moten, you know, he's just been Mr. Reliable on the outside right. of right tackle for a while now. So the offensive line, I have no concerns about their ability to protect Bryce Young. I do have a lot of concern about who he's going to be throwing the football to. Now, going into the offseason, the Panthers already had one of the worst receiving cores with DJ Moore. So you think about it, in the final 12 games of the season, when McCaffrey's in San Francisco, Robbie, now known as Chosen Anderson, was traded, even though he didn't give the Panthers really anything his final two years there, or I guess a year plus there, it was DJ and Terrace Marshall. And Terrace Marshall showed some signs, but that's just not good enough to really depend on him coming into the season to be potentially that number two. So they had to add something, especially once they traded DJ away. Adam Thielen, I think he's still a solid player. You look at his numbers last year, his numbers were better than really Terrace Marshall, Shai Smith, and LaVishka Chenault's numbers combined. And he's now up at eight, at 33 years old, which of course is old in the NFL. I think he can give him something, but there's a reason why the Vikings moved off of him at this point in his career. DJ Chark has been a Pro Bowler before. Problem is, since his Pro Bowl season, he hasn't really been healthy. And if you look at his five years in the NFL, that Pro Bowl season is the outlier. It's the anomaly of what he's actually done. Drafting a rookie in Jonathan Mingo, I don't really know what the expectations are for him. It's just harping to sit here and look at this receiving core and expect them to really make a ton of plays. Not they're healthy, that certainly helps. I feel like there's more options because really it was DJ and then maybe Terrace. Now you got Thielen. The hope is Shark as well. And then Terrace Marshall taking that next step. So there's more options. I just I don't think the, the quality is there. Yet. I don't think the quality is there for a rookie quarterback. Like you look at the same situation in Houston. I feel like the top two picks have collectively the worst pass catchers <laughs> in the NFL. Now, what helps Bryce Young, though, 
is you have Hayden Hurst here. There it is. And uh, Sam Darnold didn't uh, have Hayden Hurst. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater didn't have a Hayden Hurst. Baker didn't have Hayden Hurst. P.J. Walker having that safety valve that will help him. Also, Miles Sanders hasn't done the last couple of years. I don't watch a ton of Eagles games, but his rookie year had 500 yards receiving out of the backfield. So bringing those guys in helps to kind of subsidize the fact that mm, your wide receiver core is not very the, good. The scratch off too with uh, Minga. Yes. So it, I, I don't. I think the line's good. The receiver, the wide receivers, leave a lot to be desired. Yes. But overall, there's a better group of pass catchers here than what they've had probably since 2020. Bigger issue, wide receiver group or uh, the cornerbacks? I gotta, I gotta say, cornerbacks. Because I, I don't have. I think there's enough at wide receiver, just as an option wise, where they can be fine. Mm-hmm. Corner, if. Anything happens to J.C. Horn or Dante Jackson, which has been the case <laughs> the last couple of seasons, and if or when, you can make you can when. make the argument. When. Yeah, you can, it, and I don't want to be like that, but it, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, you have it's to deal football, man. No one wants to get hurt. Right, it's football, man. It's yeah. hard, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> and I feel bad because Joe Person, who y'all, y'all are obviously know from the Athletic, um, yeah. he had an interview. Uh, they put out there a couple weeks ago with J.C. Horn. And then the next day, like J.C. Horn saying like, oh, well, you know, I've only had breaks. It's not really been muscle injuries that have kept me out of games in my career. And then the next day, the Panthers announced that he's out for the rest of OTA's mandatory minicamp. Like, this guy just cannot get a break. And I feel so bad for him because he's actually, he's when he plays, yeah. he's good. Yep. And if you yep. think about it, the friendly fire last year that he suffered against Detroit when Jeremy Chin ran into him and broke his wrist, if that doesn't happen, the Panthers might have been a playoff team because they were really – they needed J.C. I wouldn't say if Dante Jackson was out there against uh, Mike Evans just based off of the experience we've seen. But if J.C. Horn's health in that game, we might have been talking about division champion Carolina Panthers. That There's an argument to me, me made there late yep. in the season. But Dante has not been healthy since 2020. He had the turf toe, which he battled through. Um, he's He had the hamstring in 21, now the Achilles, and I, a guy with that kind of speed. And now getting a little bit older, I just don't know how the hell he's going to bounce back from that. I'm not overly concerned about JC, although, hey, he's got the ankle and, the, and he's in a boot right now. Yeah. He should be ready for training camp. It's just the guys behind them. Keith Taylor, CJ Henderson, haven't seen enough for them at all. And that was obviously at this point in time a terrible trade by Scott Bitter, a panic move when Horn went down yeah. um, after three weeks, his rookie year in 21, to go out there and get Henderson. He hasn't been good enough. And I don't know if there's enough depth there to be – confident if one of those guys goes down I, not, I don't know there isn't enough depth there to be to feel confident and I don't know if they can find somebody off the street like maybe after roster cutdowns they can add somebody that can help them which they did in 2020 with Rasul Douglas who's gone on to be a pretty good player in Green Bay mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily what you're uh, aiming to do heading into this season we'll close on this because you you talked about potentially winning the NFC South right and there's a butterfly effect from that let's say they do it you know, what ends up happening with the coaching staff? What ends up happening with who they, you know, who they draft? Uh, do they end up in the same position? Those types of things. Likely not, but we're here. They've got, they, they've, they've got Bryce Young. They've got Frank Reich as their head coach. And in my opinion, while there's been some shuffling around in the NFC South, Derek Carr with New Orleans, Tampa's still kind of going through it. Atlanta's still kind of going through it. I feel like the Panthers are in right back in that same position, just with a new cast of characters that maybe better coaching and a better quarterback can overcome the other game, right? And really one game and they can win the NFC yeah. South in this first, in this first season. They have a chance. You look in new Orleans, you bring up Derek Carr. Like they're the only team I feel like that's gotten 
definitely better. better. Right. Because I would have seen Derek Carr with the pants. Honestly, in yep. all the and all the I, I get why they did what they did. Totally mm-hmm. get it. Get it on the ground floor uh with the, the lottery ticket. You know, Derek Carr is kind of a known quantity, uh, even if you can put a lot of the issues on the Raiders organization. I like Derek Carr as a quarterback. Yeah. That's that honestly, New Orleans is the only one that really is uh the intriguing part because they actually got a real quarterback now. I mean, Sean Payton's not still coaching. That's another no. issue altogether. But I do like Derek Carr in that spot. Yeah, I mean, he's good. I you say whatever you want to say about Derek Carr. He's a good quarterback. I mean, yeah. the guy's still in the league. He's he can help them. I think he'll probably get New Orleans to the division title and to the playoffs this year. And you have good receivers there um in New Orleans as well. And if had he come like to Carolina, I think the only thing I was really opposed to was that okay, there David Tepper told us back at, in 2020 when he mutually parted ways with Marty Herney that you have to be in constant pursuit of a quarterback who can win you a Super Bowl. I don't think Derek Carr is that guy. So if that's what your edict is, I don't really see how that'd make a lot of sense, especially after the last couple of seasons of going out there and getting guys who were worse players in Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. So getting Bryce thought was was the right thing to do. But the Saints have gotten better with Derek Carr. The Falcons they kind of cleared up that cap space and it looks like they brought in some decent guys. Now like Calais Campbell's there. I know he's older, but he's guys still out there making plays. They had a great rushing attack last year and Desmond Ritter. I'm kind of a believer in him after watching his career at Cincinnati and Arthur Smith was damn good coordinator with the Titans. So now that they've kind of, kind of washed that away, they can compete. I don't still look at them as being a team that's going to be, you know, that strong of a contender. And in Tampa, they have, like Evan still, they they still have Chris Godwin. They still have some decent players defensively. Problem is, they got Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, and, or maybe John Wolford starting for them this upcoming season. So it's still wide open for the Panthers. Defensively, I think they should be really strong in this new 3-4 scheme. Brian Burns, you know, he had the surgery this offseason. As long as he comes back healthy, and that's kind of a concern, too. you got two guys that you're really depending on, and Burns and Horn. You can even throw Jackson out there that you really hope you need to come back healthy with offseason injuries. As long as they're able to come back healthy and really get together with the scheme and understand what they're doing here, bringing Von Bell helps. Bring Derek Brown was excellent last year. The defense should be good. Special teams-wise, you bring yeah. back everybody there. That shouldn't really be a concern. Now, who's going to return to football? I don't know if that's anything that really matters nowadays <laughs> uh, to, because of the new rule changes and all that. But offensively, it's going to come down to can the receivers help Bryce Young and make some plays? Can he be protected, which I think he can. And can they run the football like they did last year? Because yeah. they get some semblance of balance offensively, which they did not have last year. I think that that would be good enough for them to be in contention come December and early January. But I'm not ready to say that, oh, I don't think I'll ever get to a point, at least until the season starts, where I can say like, oh, yeah, I feel like this is the team that's going to win the NFC South. I think that they can be there. And mm-hmm. looking at the fact that the division really hasn't changed all that mat- that much and where they were last year with the poor coaching and then turning things around by just playing defense and running the football and still being there in week 17, there's really no reason for people not to believe the Panthers with this new coaching staff and a new quarterback can't be right there in contention again in this week division. Julian Council, Locked On Panthers podcast. Hey, man, we appreciate it. I don't know how you do it every day. Locked On, talking about the Panthers every day. There's no offseason. On, on June 29th, there is no offseason. You talk to Panthers every day. We're going to be in Charlotte next month, man. We'll catch up. Okay, sounds good. Love you guys as always. Have me. All right, man. Julie, appreciate it, man. Take it easy. That's Julie Council on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. You want to uh, you want to answer some some Hey Joe questions? Yes, please. Okay, let's let's it's answer also some Thursdays. So Oakwood Pizza Box is open. <laughs> I feel like it's important that we mention these things. I feel like I let my man Chung down by not pointing out they're not open on Monday, Tuesday. 
<laughs> valid point. Valid point. We got a few uh, to get through here. We'll also do a little bit of um, what do we call this segment with the we got you got to explain the intern, man. I will. You have to explain the intern to me. Uh, I only like half paid attention to your text. <laughs> it's Cal. I know. And what we call the segment? Calculus with Cal. Calculus with Cal. All right. I'm 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 looking forward to this. Uh, and we may or may not go through the Fallout Boy update to Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. Ooh. Did you see that? No. You've been you've been begging for this. Somebody finally did it. They and did I'm it. mad. Oh, we'll uh-oh. get to it. We'll get to it in a little bit. Uh, this is from Phil. Speaking of music, hey, Joe, you always give Gilio the business for his taste in country music. But yet you enjoy Sturgill Simpson. I like him, too. The lyrics are great. But the man has that 70s country twang. Give Gilio a break. Well, we found my burner account. <laughs> yeah, is, is, Phil, is Phil your burner account that I'm not aware of? <laughs> Look, here's here's the thing about. So the. The country music that you like is pop music to me. Yes. Um, I make no bones about that. Like I, when I was driving around on the road trip and there's, there's so much classic rock, man. Like that's the only format that still exists in any city in America. If you want to listen to ACDC's Thunderstruck at any time, you're in luck. You are in luck, my (laughs) friends. So, although there was one radio station that played Pour some sugar on me. That one gets played a lot. <laughs> there was one radio station in, oh, geez, where was it? It was somewhere in Pennsylvania that had a kick for Styx's, uh Come oh, Sail Away? No, not Come Sail Away. It was Styx's, um, uh, Styx only has two songs. I can't no, name it, was a deep, right it was a deep cut. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Roboto is the other Styx song. <laughs> but it was, it was like wasting time or something like that. So time on my hands was the thing I got. Oh, I too got, much time on my too hands. Too much time on my hands. Which I never heard before. I mean, I've heard it. Early MTV rotation. Yeah. But man, they played the hell out of that song. Like it was brand new, like new stuff. (laughs) So anyway, so as I'm popping around, I finally get around to a top 40 station that was playing Ryan Seacrest's top 40 countdown. And there was a new Morgan. I know Morgan Wallen's this big pop star country guy. And I'm listening to this and I'm like, this is not country. It's it's a hip hop song. Yeah. It's a hip hop song. Because I forgot who he did it with. He's a pop artist. So that with, a, with an East Tennessee sure. accent. And I, and I wish that's what people would call it. Just call it that. Yeah. It's pop. It's not country. You want to call it pop country? Just like there's pop emo, pop rock. There's pop rap, all that stuff. I've had this argument with you before. There is no pop music. Country is now pop music. Okay. And then there's rap. Yeah, but rock still exists and stuff like that. Country popular still- rock music. Yeah, I guess, well, popular rock music. Like, who is the number one rock band in the world right now? Foo Fighters. You still. have a better chance of naming this than I do. Foo Fighters still. They are. Yeah. Actually, they're putting out a new album, too. Okay. They're still the number one rock band in the world. Easily. Dave Grohl's super likable. Unbelievable story, yes. They've got, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable story. And, you know, Grohl's been hit with tragedy of his bandmates twice now mm-hmm. uh, with Kurt Cobain and Taylor Hawkins. But... They have a consistent output of rock. And if Foo Fighters were to show up at Walnut Creek, like they were supposed to, to sell out easily, right? Like legitimately, could you have named the Rolling Stones? What do you mean? Or you two? When I said, who is the number one rock band in the world right now? Could I have said them? Yeah. How many people do you think would still say you two or, or Rolling Stones? Maybe. So I bet you there's some people would still say Led Zeppelin. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> but I don't know. It's anecdotal too, because most of the kids that, you know, that are Caleb's age are all listening to 90s grunge now anyway. Sure. They're all doing the thing well, that would track with your answer for Food Fighters. Yeah, I guess it would track with Food Fighters as well. But as far as the Sturgill Simpson thing goes, is that there's an element of outlaw country that appeals to me 
because it's still protest it's country. Music. Sure. And it's not even that. It's actual like protest music. Like go listen to Tyler Childers too. It was yeah. like a, a Sturgill Simpson Play protege. Hank song. Yeah. Right. Like that kind of stuff. Like dudes thinking about some like real stuff sure. that would affect people. Not I got my blue jeans on and I'm remembering the time that I was with this girl under the water tower and, <laughs> and I, I drank, drank a Coors Light. Right. It's <laughs> like, okay, cool. Anyway, that's, that's ultimately my issue with it more than anything else. It's uh, I could, and I did this go into chat GPT, write your own country song and write my own damn country song. All right. Last day, Joe question from our friend Austin is LSU, the most hateable program in college athletics that they somehow pass Alabama this year. This feels like a, Hey Joe question. Yeah. I don't know who likes Brian Kelly, the football <laughs> coach, <laughs> my, right? His family. My family. His family. No one really likes Brian Kelly. Yeah. Uh, that's number one. And then you're seeing a lot of love for them this off season. Like, Oh, LSU's going to win this. They're going to win that. I'm like, what exactly did they do last year? I mean, they won 10 games. They won their division. People were happy, but yeah. they, they didn't really do anything above the Brian Kelly grade. Like there's a, there's definitely a Brian Kelly ceiling. That's number one. He's not likable. Mm-hmm. He's de- he's the definition of a carpetbagger going down there. That's also the definition of anyone can win at LSU in football. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I mean, that has been the history, but we'll see if he can be the exception that doesn't win a national championship. And then obviously Austin's referring to what LSU has done in baseball they basically gone out and bought all of their players as using the rest of the country as a farm system. Obviously, specifically in this case, Tommy White, uh, NC State's freshman last year. And I had someone ask me, well, it wasn't this because Elliot wouldn't play him at third base. And I'm like, <laughs> do you believe in the tooth fairy and the Easter Bunny <laughs> right. too? Like, yeah, Elliot didn't give him the son. He wouldn't let you him play, play third, third base. Son. That's why he left. And give I'm it like, up, son. Shh. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. That's why he left. Not because he got paid by LSU to play baseball Which and hit clutch. Good, good for, him. for him. I am not. Good for I, him, man. Good for I him. I literally had this conversation with somebody yesterday. Like, hey, you can always go to state for a year and pull a can at Peebles and go get paid by Tennessee next year. This yeah. is the thing. This is a real option. So, yes. Is LSU the most hateable? Well, no, they lost Will Wade, even though I, I am a Will Wade fan. So, I sure. can't even name like their app state coach. I can't even name who he is at this point. He's well, definitely right, though, because the women's basketball coach is also hateable. Yeah. And they, I forgot they had just won the national championship. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Next topic, please. Joe, did you hire an intern? It's debatable. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Always working on our intern network. Okay. How many interns is this now? It's two. This is two interns. Two. Okay. So who who is this? This is Cal. You just brought him in the studio. I'm like, who who is this? Cal Toscano. You missed him last week. We, we had soccer talk with Cal. Oh, okay. I did miss it. I was on vacation. Crunch some numbers for me. Hey, look, Cal, no offense. When I'm on vacation, dude, I'm out. He doesn't All pay right. attention to me. I, on I am out. Like Joe knows he has to call me. Actually, call, like actually call to get a response. Call. And I'm like, oh boy, what's going on? And I'm like, <laughs> like the streets of New York's with the taxis. Like, I'm walking here. And Joe's calling me. So, so, so Cal's a Campbell graduate. Okay. Yeah. All right. Funny. Cam- go Camels. Go Camels. And he wants to go to law school. I've instructed him to go to law school. <laughs> Everyone who knows him has instructed him to go to law school. Interesting. However, yeah, he's a bit of a storyteller. Okay. He's a bit of a researcher. Okay. He's a bit of a sports guy. He's a bit of a numbers guy. All right. So I said, all right, we were at a graduation party. I said, all right, Cal, 
Here's your first assignment. Because <laughs> he was asking me about soccer. And I said, you know, no, people do care about the U.S. men's national team. That, that's a thing. That is a thing. Yeah. But it's not my field of expertise. Oh, wait, did they, did they lose to St. Kitts last night? Or no, they won 6 nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, no, no, no. People, no, they played people, St. Kitts last night. <laughs> so that is impressive, actually. People freaked out because it was like, oh, St. Kitts is giving them a, I'm like, I'm 6 nothing. Really? Okay. Yeah. Twitter, man. People freak out on Twitter. You can, you can be blowing a team out and you're still finding problems with it. If they, <laughs> if they play like this against a Especially power. soccer. It's ridiculous. It There's is no nice. grace. Yes. None, none whatsoever. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people just don't like Greg Berhalter. And, and that was our topic. And that yeah. was the topic? Okay. <laughs> there you it. go. Now you're all caught up. So now I'm all caught up. And now, Cal, you're going to catch us up on short quarterbacks. Yeah, that's the plan. So, and look, it's been a topic of conversation that we've had from the moment it was apparent that the Carolina Panthers were going to take Bryce Young. We can talk about his mental capacity, his ability to process you know, how he's been impressive with the team so far. The wide, the veteran wide receiver group has has loved him. I get all that stuff. But we can't get over the height factor of this and how that's going to play out. And Drew Brees continues to be the comparison for Bryce Young and how successful he was. Now, we can get into the weeds about when Drew Brees was playing versus the NFL now. But you actually got some stats for quarterbacks of his stature. I do. Yeah. Okay. And it's really interesting because the statistical analysis revealed something I didn't think was going to happen, which is that on average, quarterbacks that are under six foot, six one, kind of that line, mm-hmm. um, they perform significantly better on average okay. um, than even like number one draft picks at quarterback. And, you know, you do have to consider the small sample size, um, but I don't think there's any reason Bryce Young can't be in that conversation. Obviously, we need to see him play, we need mm-hmm. to see him develop, um, but there's nothing that would limit him from uh, from having that high of a ceiling based on the stats. It's crazy to me. This is from Calculus Cal. Since 2000, <laughs> 368 quarterbacks have played in the NFL. Only nine, only nine of the 368 have been under six foot. Yep. That's and, crazy. Yeah. That's, and, two, that's 2.4%. And even crazier than that is like, that. this is how small the sample size is, being realistic, is that like uh, the, I think four of those are backups. And didn't really see any real playing. PJ Walker would yeah. be one of those, right? So we're really, really talking about Kyler Murray, Drew Brees, um, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. I think Doug Flutie may have gone a couple years in. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, there's a there's a couple of them that really take part of the stats there. You, you can understand the problem with comparing Bryce Young to Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, right? Yes. <laughs> they're not the same quarterback. They're not. Yeah. The and that's why I always go back to Brees, and I sent you. Steve Smith, finally. Yes. I know, we're starting to see Orlovsky. We're starting they're, they're to finally get to it. people being yeah, like, they're coming around on it. No, 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 no. It's Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. It's the pocket passer. It's the guy with the accuracy. No, so your credit, you That's were on that. who the comparison. That's who the comp is. Yeah, you were on that it for a while. It is not Russ. It's you, not Kyler Murray. But what, what do they all have in common? Well, uh, you're not, oh my gosh, you're not allowed to compare a black quarterback to a white <gasps> quarterback. Oh my goodness. I forgot. It's impossible. I totally forgot. It's impossible. It's not allowed. Anyway, you just had to put that out there. So based on the, based on, Intern Cal's number crunching here. Are you optimistic that Bryce Young is going to pan out then? Um, I, yeah, okay. I, I would say so. I mean, I think you have to, when it comes to a quarterback that's shorter, they have to make up for it somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we haven't seen a quarterback that's successful under six foot that hasn't had to add something unique to their skill set. Yeah. Like mobility uh, or running capability. Let's take Kyler Murray, for example, right? Um, so I think Bryce does have that level of intellect and IQ that coming in, um, I think he's going to have a bit of a leg up just because he's had to compensate for his size by being so smart and being mobile and being such a creative playmaker. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, even not as a Panthers fan, I'm definitely optimistic about uh, his trajectory for sure, just based on the comparisons um, that we see. Short quarterbacks have to overcompensate, and they usually do to, mm-hmm. to great success. Is there a real difference between Tua Tungavailoa at six one and Bryce Young at five ten? I mean, there's, I mean, there's a difference between me and Mike Glennon. Mike's six six. Sure. I'm five eleven. Yeah, there, yeah. There's, but is there really a difference in your mind? Five ten, six one. I mean, he's listed at six one. People who emphasize really in depth stats would tell you yes, and they could pick out various numbers comparing, like you know, based on the size of the offensive lines as well, respectively. Practically, I think the answer would be no. Um, I don't. I don't think there's a real difference, especially given how mobile Bryce can be and how creative he can be. Okay. Um, yeah. I guess the next question would be, oh, this is probably out of your wheelhouse because you're only looking at the height factor of it. We'll see. I mean, look, you're only as good as the team around you. You know, quarterback's going to help you win. Okay, that's that's what the NFL is. That's how the NFL is set up right now. Who you have at QB is going to tell me more about your success or failure than anything else. But you can't just put a bunch of dudes around him that aren't any good. And, and, that, and that's been kind of the theme of the day is, you know, are the Panthers good enough offensively? I think they've got a good enough offensive line to protect Bryce Young, which is the most important thing possible. But who's he throwing it to? Those types of things. Who's running the ball? Uh, those are other factors that we don't have answers to yet and all kind of ties together. Because sometimes I do feel like we get a little too caught up in this binary nature of, all right, and it happens with quarterbacks all the time in the draft where he has all the measurables. He's got the arm. He's got the cannon, right? He's tall. Checks he's all, all these, he checks all these boxes and then they end up not panning out. So that, that's why I give a little bit of grace for somebody like Bryce Young is that just because he doesn't hit a particular height factor that satisfies people doesn't mean that he can't be successful. There's ways around it. You can, you can coach around those types exactly. of things. And then we just don't know that with the Panthers. And that's what's interesting about comparing short quarterbacks to um, guys that have gone number one is that on average they perform statistically better yeah. because those number one quarterbacks may have all the check boxes. They're tall enough. They have the you know pro style capabilities, but they haven't had to create a style of play for themselves mm-hmm. that works around those things. So I think the answer to that question is, are the Panthers good enough to compliment Bryce Young? Maybe, maybe not, but he's going to do what he can with it. Other factor too here is that the shorter quarterbacks that are going later in the draft are going on teams that better teams that are better teams that they could take a chance on a guy, see how he develops, and they go from there. Whereas the quarterback that goes number one is well, they're going to a bad I team. Like, I feel like Dak's too thick, but Dak is not. I mean, and, and Dak is a better runner than he's a better than runner. Young, but yeah. Dak was never the runner there. Ah, Russell is no, and people not. continuously confuse that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Well, all interesting stuff, Cal. I, I appreciate you coming in. Of what, course. what else is the intern going to do? Well, for we'll us? have to give him a, a, a job next week. Another assignment. <laughs> we'll give him another assignment. Okay. We'll work on this. Maybe it's the 4th of July theme. I don't know. Ooh. Since we'll have something to do there. Yeah, we we, we do need Cal likes baseball too. So. I do. Oh, no hitter. Okay. The perfect game last night, actually. Yeah, there was a, yeah. it was the first one since 2012 yeah. that we've had a fourth Yankee ever. A por- Why is it always Yankees? Thank God. Thank God we have something. <laughs> Maybe that's maybe that's actually what the July 3rd. Everybody's feeling kind of baseball nostalgic. Can we can we get some stats on the last time both New York teams were terrible? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's going to take some digging because I mean, the Mets, the Mets are feeling it right now. I mean, where Steve Cohen is. We'll we'll get him on wins per per dollar. Because the Mets have the highest payroll, right? Okay, let's get you some Marlins data for you. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know what? I love when we workshop live. I love when we workshop live. Uh, here's what we're going to do, Cal. We are going to, let's go 
the worst bang for your buck baseball teams of all time? Other than this year's Mets. Yes. So okay. it'd be like a 91 <laughs> Mets and probably a lot of Mets. Teams. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot of Mets in there. Probably and some Yankees teams in there. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if there's a Boston team in there as well. Maybe the Dodgers. The Dodgers oh. might be in that in that realm too. I'll give the Dodgers credit; they usually make the playoffs. So I'd be curious if if there's a way you can calculate, yeah, amount payroll, of payroll wins. versus yeah. wins and those types of things, and who actually gave you the worst bang for your buck. Sure, that could be interesting. That sounds fun. All right, there we yeah. go. We gave Cal an assignment. I like this, <laughs> Joe. I like this. What's up next? What's up next? All right, before uh, before we get out of here, I finally got what I wanted. Okay. I've been. I'm eager to hear. This. I, well, we're not going to hear because I don't want to trip the YouTube copyright police. Oh, okay, okay. So, and you know how we didn't start the fire goes anyway. It's just, yeah, and so, ended with the rock and roll, the cola wars. You've, you've been begging 19, forever for 19, someone to be like, 1989, hey. 1989, when the song was put out. Uh, Stormfront was the name of the album. Good album by Billy Joel. It was he was 40 when he put it out. Is that right? He was 40 years old when he put that album out. Man, think about that. Think about that. That's a Wilford Brimley. <laughs> brain meld right there. He was 40? We, we've crossed the Rubicon, right? Yeah, he was 40 when he put that album out. It was like his midlife crisis album, which is why when I was younger, it didn't like really resonate with me, but now I've listened to it with older. I'm like, oh, Billy Joel was on to something here. Anyway, so he does We Didn't Start the Fire, massive hit. He still does it at shows. Sure. He hates the song, but he still does it at shows because it's a crowd pleaser. And he's like, this, this song took me- probably the third best song on that album. <laughs> Downeaster Alexa. Fourth. Shameless. Shame, which, well- Written song anyway, not not that he performed. He so it's funny. I like the song, but recognize that Garth Brooks does the superior sure. version of Shameless. But he wrote it, is what but I'm he wrote it. right? But yeah, uh, I go to extremes. Down do not Austin. like I go. To I love category extremes, and then yeah, Shameless. I would say we didn't start the fire is probably the fifth best song on that album. Yeah, but it's the hit off the album. It's the hit off the album because it's 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 checked the reference and the video yeah. is also really good too. I remember at St. Joan of Arc for some reason, I don't know what the context was, but at St. Joan of Arc, the kindergarten through eighth grade school I went to in Boca Raton, a Catholic school, for some reason we did a performance of We Didn't Start the Fire. I don't know why. I'm like That's racking amazing. my brain why we did this. But we did a I think it was like an end the of year is a no-go. It was like this weird end of year program. I think it was. And like when they did the cola wars, like we actually had like two of my classmates like held up like a Pepsi, Pepsi and a Coke. Coke right. I, yeah. I don't know why we did this, but it's a core memory of mine for some reason. So I've been screaming like Billy, dude, I just I know, I know. Got the visual. Look, man, we also did stations of the cross. <laughs> right. Like I was one. I was, I was, I was is apt to do at a Catholic I was, school. I was Pontius Pilate sending Jesus uh, off to his death. It explains okay? a lot. Yeah. It really does, right? Shout out to John Lynch, who played the role of Jesus in the eighth grade production of Stations of the Cross. So it's been long enough that I've been wanting Billy before he shuffles off this mortal coil to give us an update, dude. Plenty of stuff has happened since 1989. I feel that there is a spiritual successor to We Didn't Start the Fire. And it's done by a band called The 1975. They're out of the UK. And the name of the song is called Love It If We Made It. And it's basically the same premise where the lead singer, Matt Healy, who was tied to Taylor Swift for like a hot minute, is like just naming things that happen, right? Naming things that happen. So we finally got one from Fall Out Boy. They remade We Didn't Start the Fire. And, and they'll they, sing it at in the uh, hockey arenas across the country. But well, here's the problem though. 
the beauty of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire is that it happens in chronological order. So you can yeah. follow along what happens from the 50s up until 1989. Here's the first verse from Fall Out Boys, We Didn't Start the Fire. Captain Planet, Arab Spring, LA Riots, Rodney King, Deep Fakes, Earthquakes, Iceland Volcano, Oakland City, Oklahoma City Bomb, Kurt Cobain, Pokemon, Tiger Woods, MySpace, Monsanto GMOs, Harry Potter Twilight, Michael Jackson dies. Nuclear accident, Fukushima, Japan, Crimean, <laughs> Crimean Peninsula, Cambridge Analytica, Kim Jong-un, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. And we go in and we didn't start the fire. They're just like randomly naming things. from yeah, There's, no order, so there's no order to them. Yeah. And it continues on. And like, there's like a couple of sports references. You've got Tiger Woods, Cubs go all the way again. Uh, again. Again. <laughs> okay. Michael Phelps. Okay, cool. Uh, you've got Tiger King. And then instead of trouble in the Suez, this is the, this will give him credit. Ever given Suez. The boat that got stuck yep. in the Suez Canal. Yep. So they go on and things like that. And it's just. <sighs> no, wait a second. You can't beg for the sequel, then get the sequel and be like, uh, no, I can't. Order. No, I can. Because if you're going to do it, do it right. If you're going to do it, do it right. Put some respect on. We didn't start the fire. Okay. Do it right. You got it, George Michael. <laughs> anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the OG. We will see you all on July 3rd, a, a very special July 4th extravaganza. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.